Welcome to part two of The Juice Ain't Worth a Squeeze. In today's episode, we'll be diving deep into the skill sets and the mindsets that can turn you into a world-class lover. Let's check it out. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. I've talked about this many times in terms of the act of cold approach itself. Like, what do we get out of the squeeze of needing to learn the skill of cold approach? Which, at the minimum, requires you to go out and meet 100 women practicing good let's say natural style, seduction techniques, responding to the reactions of the woman, making adjustments, calibrating, learning how to shift, adjust and grow within the dynamic and the interactions and becoming competent at this enough that women will want to see you again. Now, don't quote me on exactly, you know, if you go into a hundred approaches, doesn't, hundred approaches doesn't mean you're going to be a master at this, but it's enough to give you a broad spread to be able to see the patterns, right? If you go and approach a hundred women, decently in the sense that you are trying to take the feedback and adjust and shift each time, you will see that a very small amount of women will be rude or extremely dismissive. A very small, maybe 5 10%. Depends on the city, depends on your delivery, depends on a few variables, but not many. 5 to 10% will be really open and just friendly straight off the bat. And that's, again, not much to do with your skill level so much as to do with her demeanor. And then the most of the women will be the maybe, probably not, I'm not sure, let's see what this is about, that kind of zone. Cool, and that's where we start to learn to work. And it's understandable, right? Like it's like, okay, I'm a complete stranger. Woman's single, but she's like, complete stranger. Let's see what this is. I'm probably erring on the side of probably not because I don't know this guy. I don't know anything about him. Don't know if he's a psycho or where he fits into the social world or anything about him or what his sexual ability is or anything. And so that's where you have to work your game. The squeeze that's involved in that, is a period of, depending if you come and you know do coaching with a professional coach or whether you try and work it out yourself, but it's going to take some months or a year-ish of common practice, that being that you do it regularly. I've talked about that many times before in other analogies. Go to the gym, do that once, zero results, or do that once a month, or once every three weeks. It doesn't work. You won't get any gains. Same if you very occasionally approach a girl when you're on coke, feeling great, it's your birthday, She's staring at you going like this <laughs> and that's the only time you approach. I mean, if that ever happens, do approach. Certainly take that opportunity. But you only ever do that, you won't get any results. Or if you do, they'll just be random luck based on that you rolled the dice and you, and you, you got lucky that one time. So it's the consistency of like, yeah, putting a few months to a year into this where it becomes a focal point for you is absolutely worth it. Because if it means that at the end of your training period, let's say, you know that when you are single, which you will be multiple times in your life, that you can bring a lover into your life within a couple of weeks, this changes your life completely. Because the alternative is being the man that knows actually that not only can he not get laid within a couple of weeks, he won't. He, he's not going to get laid this month, next month, for the next six months. Right? Like that becomes, that becomes a, a measurable reality for you. Over time, I've seen the results of this with, you know, sometimes I get clients who are virgins or extremely inexperienced, even into their 30s and 40s sometimes. And it's not like they didn't live, you know, they had other joys in life and they did things, right? Like, but it, there's a massive piece missing for them and they feel unloved. They feel like they're not really the man that they could be. 
They feel like they're missing out on something integral and human and deep because they are. Again, you know, the occasional person, they may not need this or, or they're so cynical about it that they're like, I only, you know, I only interact with women when there's money involved, right? Like, so it's, you know, okay, women are, women are strange and evil or whatever we think they are. Yeah, I've got the biological urge to have sex, so I'll just either jerk off to porn or I'll visit a hooker from time to time to relieve the animal urge and then I'll go back to being kind of a, a MGTOW monk or something like that. Can that work for some people? Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, as someone who's slept with a few hookers in my life, it's not a, it's not a nice feeling, right? Like, you, 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 I mean, if anyone who's done that, you know that the person doesn't want to be with you and it's, it really is just like masturbating using somebody else's body. It's so unfulfilling. Like, that's in terms of, like, the juice that we get out of that. Okay, it's a little, very small squeeze, hand the cash, but the juice is often far more demoralizing because we are so disassociated by the nature of that transaction. It's, the, you know, it's built into the transaction. So, you know, the, the whether or not it's worth the effort to be able to get a girlfriend or to be able to get on dates, I would be answering that question personally, not, not based on some gender wars ideology, not based on some broad sociological trends or where women, men and women are going or looking at the stats. It's like, what about your life? Are you going to be okay, you know, holding onto your, your, your reasons, your beliefs and your ideologies and that's going to be enough to sustain you for the fact that you don't get all of these other points of intimacy. And people are telling you, older men often, that it's not worth it because what you get out of a woman is, is not even, it's not even good. In fact, it's, in fact, it's negative. The, the, it's a net negative in your life, so don't even bother. And it's too hard. And the, and the game's stacked against you. You can't win. So give up before you've even tried. And at the same time, build a resentment about, a, about half the population and build all these ideologies around it that are not based on your own empirical research, but are based on other people's attitudes. Can you see the dangers in this? It's, it's robbing you of your life's journey of, of love and intimacy and mistakes and heartbreak and betrayal and the giddiness of you know, early love and the disappointments that can come with it and the compromises and negotiations and personal growth that you can have within a relationship and then how those things can shatter and you may have and then how you need to go afterwards to you know reassess yourself and do an autopsy on the relationship and figure out what was your part what was her part what you could do differently so that maybe next time when you go into a relationship you can be more evolved and mature and you can have a a better and more powerful relationship and so on like that's just a random sprinkling of, of some of the juice that you might get out of being with women in general or putting effort into being a good partner the second and kind of more important part i want to talk about in today's video is is around sex you know, I've ranted enough today and many other times about the importance of approaching, but why are we doing that? It's not just sex, right? Just the act of copulation because, okay, again, yes, you could pay for that. It's sexual relationships, right? Where, where sex is, is a component, maybe a very large component of it, or like even the primary component in the relationship, but that there are other aspects to it, that there is a mutual attraction, that there is a respect, that there is a polarity, a feminine masculine dynamic, Again, this is not about like strict gender roles that like the woman has to be in the kitchen and the man has to be a lumberjack, right? But it's that the dynamic between the man and the woman in their relationship has these aspects of femininity, masculinity and an interplay between them, right? So it's not only about man being tough, masculine, dominant, women being submissive, serving, devotional, feminine. It's that we get to blend and play with these these aspects that 
a woman's femininity may bring out some of our own vulnerability and, and ability to feel and be intimate, right? My dominance and power over her may then bring her into a state of relaxed, accepting submission where she gets to get out of her head and really be in her, you know, in her womanly nature, right? There's so much to that dynamic, which is rich, almost magical. Like, I mean, it's, it's not magical. It's okay. It's based on chemistry and biology and, you know, the, our thinking technologies and our emotions and so on. But there, but there are these things that we almost only get to experience within sexual dynamics. Sex is a skill set, absolutely. And becoming a good lover is, in my opinion, one of the most, probably of the two things that you need to learn within my realm of uh, specialization is cold approach, being good fuck. Right? Like those, those two things, how to, how to you know, start an, an interaction, get some, meet someone that you couldn't meet otherwise, and then if we get into bed with them, to make sure that that is an extremely pleasurable, possibly transcendent experience for both of you and why that may, might be a value. Right, because when we when we put up a bunch of uh, you know sex related videos, and often they do, you know, a lot of people watch them. These comments come up again. This seems like a lot of work, right? Like me me demonstrating how to tie a girl up with a silk tie. In reality, I mean, I I figure that out myself with that particular thing. But you know, I can teach that to someone in an hour or two. You know, if if they come to the sex class and I rope a girl up and they practice it ten times, they'll have it. And that's an hour's worth of, you know, study, let's say. And it's not, you know, it's not the only thing, but it's like to add one new vibrant, sexy, dominant tool to your toolkit, which if you pull that out and do that on a girl, and I, trust me on this, is going to blow her mind, right? She's, she's very unlikely to have ever experienced something like that done proficiently. And so suddenly you become an amazing lover because you do this particular thing. Now, it's not just about learning one trick, you know, how to tie a girl up and every girl thinks you're amazing. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a spread, there's a toolkit here, but all of those things are absolutely worth learning, not as a simping exercise, right? Because that would be the argument, I guess, on the other side that all of this effort to please women, right? All of, you know, look how much, how much work these simping soy boys put into trying to, you know, make a woman feel good so that she will grace them with the presence of her magical expensive pussy from time to time and that the man has to you know devote himself to a lifetime of the venusian arts in order to ever experience this several minutes of pleasure right so that would be the the counter argument to it and my, my counter to that would be well it's not about doing it just for the woman do you know like do you, you, it says to me these men don't know what it's like to be with a woman who wants you to feel amazing it, it works both ways I know how to give erotic massage. I know tantric skills. I know how to do G-spot massage and squirting. I know how to rope girls up. I know how to spank them in nine different ways. I know how to caress and touch and move their bodies in such a way as it feels like melting chocolate. I've studied those things, not because I want to simp to women and you know bow down at the altar of femininity and hope that they're going to give me something in return. It's for a selfish reason and a selfless reason. One is, I feel like a boss. I feel powerful when I'm in command of a woman. And it's not about domineering. It's not that I don't let her do anything. It's like, I know what I'm doing. I know how to lead this experience into something that is awesome and pleasurable for both of us. And her responses to that amplify me feeling like a fucking God. When you have a girl screaming your name, you know, like out of her mind, orgasmic, breathless with that look of like, I can't believe I just... I, I just experienced that or like I have to rethink everything in my life 
And that's, you know, not because my dick is magical or not because I'm, I don't know, some genetic stud or something. It's because I put a lot of effort into learning that. And I loved the effort. I le- it's, it's fascinating for me to learn about the female body, the responses that I can get. And from a selfless position is like, I like to see women having pleasure. I like to make them feel good. And if, if you think about that statement and you've got some glitch in there, it's like, I don't want to make a woman feel good. What's going on behind that? Because if you didn't want to make a woman feel good, it might feel like it's a zero-sum game. If she feels good, I feel worse. If I put this effort into giving this stuff to her, I'm now more in a more powerless position. This is not accurate and not healthy to think that way. It's, it much more works as a feedback loop of positive, you know, positive reinforcement. You know, I go down on a girl and give her head because I like giving head, I'm good at it, and I want to make her feel awesome and good do you think there's, you know, do you think there's ever any question about whether she's going to give me a blowjob? It's not a tit for tat thing, but it's that I I do all sorts of stuff to her and for her in the bedroom, and I lead her and guide her or accept when she does those things for me. I know that I get to see so much more of what the woman is capable of sexually than the average man. Because a woman is not going to necessarily put on her best show from a a logical position thinking, all right, I'm going to do, I'm going to do my best moves, my best blow job. And I'm going to impress this guy because of some factor. It's more like if the man activates her sexually, right? Like so many women, and this, uh, this has been studies on this as well, where they explain their arousal in relation to the man's desire, right? So what I mean by that is she feels turned on and sexy and sexual as a result of being triggered by the man's desire for her, right? So the man grabbing her and kissing her or looking hungrily at her or, you know, like, you know, eating bits of her body like it's a meal, showing the fact that he is affected, that he's attracted, that he's turned on. This creates this feedback loop where that ignites that in her. Not all the time. It's not like a, a law of nature, but it's a very common thing for women to feel that. She feels sexy, slutty, wild, wants to give herself to the man, wants to do all sorts of naughty, nasty, experimental things when the man activates that in her without judgment, without putting, you know, like saying things to her like, oh, that's a bit weird or you want that kind of thing or, oh, that's what you're into. Anything where I shame her for wanting to express her sexuality, same goes, you know, if a woman did that to me, shamed me for, I don't know, wanted to do something slightly kinky, I would say, well, Perhaps you need to go and find men over the road at the church because I'm clearly not the guy for you, right? Like works both ways, but it's like if you hold that space of exploration, experimentation, non-judgment, let's be wild animals together and let's milk as much of the juice as we can out of each other or create this juice together, this awesome tropical mixed blended juice that we couldn't experience without each other, that's worth the fucking squeeze. And and, And the squeeze is fun. Yeah, and and like... I got good at in bed partially as a result of a bunch of awkward experiences where I came too quick, couldn't get it up, fumbled eye in the elbow in the eye type of sex, couldn't figure out the positioning. Lots of those things happened early on. And I remember at some points, because you know, I, I had a number of experiences in teenage years of not being able to get it up with, with my first partners, not because there was anything wrong with me, it was because I was nervous, because I didn't know what to do. I had never done it before. And I remember the feeling of like going, I'm just going to forget sex. Like, it's too awkward. I don't know what to do. Maybe I should just like leave it until, I don't know, I'm more confident someday. And I made the conscious decision, like, no, get in bed with girls and figure it out. Start talking to them. Because my first, I don't know, number of partners, I didn't say anything to them about sex. We just got together and silently tried to figure it out 
fumbling teenagers. And often it wasn't very good as a result. Because I remember I had a lover fairly early on who just talked. She just said, oh, what do you like? Or does that feel good? Or oh, can you touch me in this way? I was like, oh, that's a good idea. We should, we should use these things, words that we've been using for 70,000 years or whatever to communicate and starting to talk about sex and it becoming fun and silly and being able to have a laugh about it. And that even when it was awkward or I came too quickly or something didn't go well, that was an intimate bonding experience as well because it was communicated with someone that cared about me and that was also invested in us both having a good time. Not invested in shaming me or making me feel like a loser because I couldn't perform like a porn star stud or something. Most women, if you communicate to them in the bedroom, are on your side. I've heard a lot of, because you know, I've talked to so many women, so many men about their sex lives. It's part of my work, part of my personal studies. And men and women often have horror stories about feeling ashamed or feeling like a loser or feeling unwanted sexually primarily when people don't communicate when it's just unspoken and the you know let's say the guy couldn't get it up I remember this and he doesn't say anything and the girl thinks well it's because I'm fat or I'm ugly or well or there's something wrong with him maybe he's gay or something and she either takes it on board herself or projects it on the guy and then there's said something like what's the problem which is the worst thing you can say to a man who's having trouble getting it up right He's like, oh, no problem. Oh, now there is a problem. And this feedback loop happens and then there's an awkward experience and maybe either or both people walk away from that feeling bad about it or having an attitude about men or women about it, right? And, and I, I remember that those exact types of experiences. When I started just talking to girls and saying, hey, when I'm with a new partner, sometimes I feel a bit nervous and so it's, I, I don't get it up instantly. So can we just take it a little slowly or let's have a break or don't stress about it, it'll change. It solved the problem, right? Because then the, girl, then the woman was on my side. Then she was like, oh, okay, cool. Can I help? Or what do you need me to do, right? Because it wasn't about her being fat or me being gay or whatever. It was about, this is not an easy thing necessarily for a man sometimes to get it up on command. And she wants you to, and she wants you to feel good and she wants you to feel turned on. And so she wants to engage and, and help to create that awesome juice between you two. So I guess the, the, the broad spectrum I've been looking at here is, you know, why it is worth the effort and the, and acknowledging that there is effort. And as I talked about, you know, for a lot of women, that effort came kind of as a side effect of being social. During her teens and 20s, she went to, I don't know, 50 parties or 100 events or more or less of some type where she meets five guys in a night, 10 guys in a night. She's not fucking them all or making out with them all, but she's engaging with them in a seductive game of some sort. Right? And so she becomes good at this. And then there's the male equivalent. There's the guy that was whatever, worked in a bar, played in a band, had just was kind of social, had girls around him. He too learns over time. His training period, he didn't have to go out and do his 100 approaches in a week or, or, or in a month and grind it out trying to catch up and get enough impressions that the average guy that comes and works with me does. He did it over his social life. Okay, we weren't like that or you weren't like that or those circumstances didn't happen to you or, didn't, or you didn't happen to those circumstances. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.